0: Hey guys, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show hosted by myself, Luke Armstrong. Games Are Fun is a podcast that talks about video game news stories and highlights. So welcome to the show if this is your first time. If it's not, welcome back. Thank you for joining me every week where I get to nerd out and talk about video games with you guys. On today's episode, we're talking about horror games. And specifically, I'm talking about my top 10 favorite horror games. Horror is literally... My favorite genre of video games. I love horror video games. And so I thought it was appropriate with Halloween, just a week away, to give you guys my top 10 games uh, in the horror genre. If you remember, probably like two or three episodes ago, I gave like a quick mini list when the beginning of the month of October of some games that you maybe want to check out in this month of Spooktober. But I thought that uh, I wanted to give a more comprehensive list of horror games that you guys should check out if you're interested or just maybe you'll learn something today maybe you'll learn about some new horror horror games that you didn't know existed um, so that's what today's episode looks like and yeah before we get into that i just wanted to bring up a couple points in housekeeping so last week's episode was the first episode of games are fun that featured a guest host uh, brian paquin joined me in last week's episode and we talked about sports games we talked about what makes sports games good what makes sports games bad and specifically we answer the question should you buy sports games every year uh, so if you are interested in sports games or if you're just interested in uh maybe hearing a different bit of, a different pace for the show go back to last week's episode if you missed it and give it a listen we had a really good conversation podcast is like an hour and 40 minutes and I think it went really well. I thought the structure of it was really well done. Brian, you did an awesome job. Again, a uh, shout out to Brian for taking the time out of his day on the weekend to record that episode with me. It It's doing really well. It's probably um, the fastest growing podcast. Well, okay, second fastest episode that I've recorded so far. And I think we're on episode 22 now. So. That, that's a really good sign. It shows me that you guys like the the change of pace and having someone else on the show with a new perspective. So give me your thoughts and your feedback on that whole episode and what you liked, what you didn't like, um, so that I can improve next time I have a guest on or next time I have Brian on. Um, yeah, send your thoughts and feedback to games are fun Podcast at gmail.com. If you're on SoundCloud, you can leave a comment down in this video or you can head over to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and leave me a comment or DM me. And just give me your feedback on the guest structure. I hope to have more guests in the future. I've already talked to Brian about future episodes that I'd like to do with him. I've talked to other people that i like to have on the show. So um, yeah, I think we can only go up from here, right? I hope that this show continues to, to go upwards and improve each episode And I think that can be done by having new people on the show and talking about a variety of different topics besides just reporting news stories each week. So that's what it looks like. Um, Yeah, so again, thanks to everyone who did already send their thoughts on that, that episode. I appreciate you taking the time, letting me know what you thought of the episode. So next October 27th is the date for the Community Let's Play for the month of October. Each month, I pick a game on a specific platform that I want to play with you guys, the listeners. And this month's is Friday the 13th on PlayStation 4. And the reason why I picked that is, one, it's October. I wanted to pick a horror-themed game that was multiplayer, and there's not too many of those. And But the bigger reason is that Friday the 13th is actually free if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Uh, for the month of October. So if you haven't downloaded it yet go over and download the free games for October um, specifically Friday the 13th and on October 27th that's when we're going to do the community let's play. So if you're interested in playing Friday the 13th with me make sure you let me know so that I can give you all the details and um, the plan on how we're gonna party up for that game and it's going to happen at 12 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, and it's also going to be streamed over on twitch.tv slash Games Are Fun Podcast. So if you don't have a PlayStation 4, or you're just maybe not interested in playing this game, but you're kind of just want to watch, you can go over to Twitch and watch it. I'm going to be streaming that. The The plan is to be from 12 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time to 4 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time. So four hours, not uh, a huge, well, a pretty decent chunk of time, I guess, but yeah, if you're interested in that, let me know. This is going to be the, the test. I wanted to, to bring this up also. Um, I I've had this idea back in the end of July, and we did one for August and September. And so this is the third one. And that's kind of my, my rule of thumb when it comes to testing things out. Like for example, like TV shows, after the third episode, if I don't like something, I if I don't like the show, I'm not going to continue, right? And so with this being the third month uh, and there not being a lot of interest in this I'm gonna decide after this one if this is something I want to continue um, yeah I I I don't, I don't beat a uh, excuse me I stutter uh, I don't mean to be a Debbie downer on this but um, I, I basically the, the I want the show to progress I want it to get better and part of that is adding new segments or adding different things to the show and so you know as I as I continue recording these podcasts there's going to be new things that pop up that I want to try out and some of them will stick and some of them won't right for example I do the question of the week every episode but I only have a small percentage of you guys that will actually send in your answers so you know uh, I am going to keep the question of the week because I think it adds a really good interaction with the listeners. But at the same time, I can't do it if there isn't that other side to it that's, that's getting involved. And so with this Community Let's Play, there hasn't been a lot of interest. I haven't really had anybody reach out um, about being interested in, in playing this. So um, yeah, I'm still going to do it. Don't get me wrong. Even if nobody wants to play... I'm still going to to play it myself and stream it on Twitch, but that's going to be the the sign if I it's going to continue or not. So, if you would like to have this continue, you can show your support by, you know, playing the game if you're free to play, if not, maybe even if you can't have the time to to jump over on Twitch and watch it, maybe just send me a message and and give your your thoughts and impression on this community let's play thing and if it will continue. So I'll, I'll have an update by next episode on what the status of that is going to be. So that's what that is. Uh, I again I would like to remain optimistic on these things and I'm not trying to talk about uh, things that make it sound like I'm you know complaining that uh, I'm not getting. In enough interaction because I am like I am getting a, a good amount of you guys are always messaging me and um, you know giving your thoughts on different segments that I could do on the show and I really appreciate that but you know we have to modify as we go right and so that's kind of where I'm standing at with this specific segment that I am I've been doing the last couple months so that's what that looks like so that's housekeeping. Uh, for this week's episode, I don't believe I'm forgetting anything. Nope, I think we're good. So let's get on to today's show. Top 10 favorite horror games of all time. So horror, like I said at the top of the show, is my favorite genre of video games. And I don't know what it is. I, like when I was a kid, I really... I was kind of skeptical about horror. Um, I think the, the... Like horror movies and anything scary scared me as a kid, of course, but as I got older, I kind of was more intrigued by it. I was really interested in the different ways people use, um, the different methods people use to scare people. And so uh, part of that is also, I, I look for that in video games, right? In horror video games on different mechanics or different methods that make up the horror game that give it a different feel or pace. And, I know that horror is something that not a lot of people are on board with. Um, Some people will stick to, you know, I can watch a scary movie here or there, but horror games are not my thing because I'm in control of what happens. I have to physically advance my character through the level. I just don't have the courage to do that. And so I get that, but I am a big horror fan. And so I was thinking about like all the horror games I've played in my life and what games I thought were the best and so i wouldn't necessarily say i am trying i have ranked these from like 10 to number one being my most favorite horror game but um honestly all these are just under the umbrella of all my favorite horror games right there are some horror games that i've played that did not make it on this list so these these top 10 games are my favorite horror games so Without further ado, let's get on with the list. So at number 10 is a PlayStation 4 exclusive, and that is Until Dawn. So I talked about this on a previous episode of GAF. Until Dawn is a really cool horror game because it's not like a lot of other horror games that are on the market. So Until Dawn is cool because it is a very strong story-based horror game where uh, it focuses on story and characters and the narrative rather than um, the mechanics and the action sequences. It basically follows a group of teenagers who are at this ski lodge owned by one of the teenager's parents. And so they have this big cabin and spooky stuff happens. I I won't give away too much of the the story, but basically it's kind of set up as like a, a horror film almost. You're, you're watching, you can control your players as you play the game. There'll be like certain parts in the game where you physically do control your character walking through the level or walking through the house. But the primary mechanic of it is when there are characters interacting with each other, you actually have the choice of dialogue there. And based on not only choice of dialogue, there's also the choice of making decisions in uh, in a timely manner. <laughs> so basically you could be positioned to either save one of your friends or save the other, and you have to make that choice, right? And when you save, let's say, your one friend, that could take the story in a totally different direction than if you saved your other friends. So it's really cool because the game seriously is, it's not like a telltale game where there's like path A, path B, and they kind of inter. Overlap in certain sections, it's really like you can have a totally different ending than another player. Uh, I can't remember the total number of uh, characters in the game, but it is possible for you to kill every single character, I believe, and it's also possible for you to end the game with not having a single player die. So, both of those are are quite the challenge, but that's kind of cool and it shows you that how much choice is part of this game right and how many different endings you could have so i really like it it's a really cool game uh to watch too like my girlfriend watched me play the whole game through she helped me make decisions i just held the controller really we played it together and so if you have a significant other or you have friends that want to come over Like Until Dawn is the perfect game to play. It's a really fun party game. And it actually is fairly long. You'll have to do it in multiple play sessions. I think it's like 10 hours long. So um, yeah, it's a great game. I streamed it on Twitch uh, a couple weeks ago and that was really fun. We had some people really interacting in the chat uh, about what was going on in the game. So that was really sweet. So Until Dawn is definitely a game you want to play um, if you're looking for an opportunity to make choices and that freedom of choice. So Until Dawn is number 10. Number nine is Alan Wake, an exclusive for the Xbox 360, also backwards compatible on Xbox One. (laughs) I I sound like I'm being paid to say that, but uh, the Xbox One backwards compatibility feature is really dope. Like I use it all the time. I'm playing Silent Hill 2 uh, and 3 HD Collection right now. It's great. I don't have to pull my 360. So anyways, Alan Wake for the Xbox 360 is number nine. What Alan Wake is, is it's a third person, kind of a psychological thriller game. It's not necessarily a horror in the regards that it's lots of jump scares and gore and creepy, you know, serial killers or anything like that. It's more psychological. You basically play uh, Alan Wake, obviously, who is a writer, and in the town you're going through, I again I don't want to give him any story away, but uh, you basically are encounter some kind of supernatural elements of these like shadows, and the shadows are kind of like enemies, and you actually have to use light as a weapon in order to defeat these enemies. So obviously, one way of doing that is using a flashlight. Um, to point it and kill these shadows but also keeping in mind that if you're progressing through a certain level and it's really dark you need to find sources of light or you need to create light in order to progress through the level so that is a really cool element it's really cool because it kind of is like a whole it it, literally the story reminds me of like a Stephen King novel Um, in fact like Alan Wake is a writer in the the game and so the whole time I'm playing it, it reminded me of Stephen King's novels in the past. So if you're a big Stephen King fan, I think this is a really good game for you. Um, it's a good game in general. If you if you get scared easily, I think you could handle Alan Wake because it is, like I said, more of a psychological thriller than a horror game. But it still has horror elements in it. So that's why it's on this list. So Alan Wake, I definitely recommend it. Uh, number eight is Layers of Fear. So Layers of Fear is a game that actually is, is, is fairly new. It's, uh, it's on Xbox One, PC, PlayStation 4, and actually on Nintendo Switch as well. And so I got Layers of Fear, I believe, like two Halloweens ago. I was looking for horror games to play, and I went onto the store and found Layers of Fear. And I'm like, you know, this looks like... Really, really fun game to play on Halloween. So it's a psychological horror game, um, and it's been out for a couple years. But basically, you play this like painter in this house, and he's clearly uh, going through some mental illness. Uh, he's psycho. He's psychologically, I guess, disturbed. Um, he's not all there. He is slowly losing his mind and he is basically lives in his this Victorian mansion and you kind of explore the mansion and different things happen as you you progress through the mansion so basically he's trying to create this like uh, masterpiece painting and um you go through different doors and progress and at the end of each kind of level section there's a new element added to the painting and stuff so it's kind of crazy because it the game starts off in a in a spot where you it seems like reality, and then it slowly just gets crazier and crazier, where you're like you don't know what's real or what's not, what's in his mind, or if he's actually seeing that. And so it's a really cool game in the sense that it has it's kind of it's it's a, it's a it's a hallway simulator if that makes sense in the in the regards that you're going through lots of doors. Sometimes you'll open a door. To a room that you've entered dozens of times, but this time behind the door it's something else. It's kind of one of those things, right? You're you're in this mansion and you're constantly walking around in it, but it does change in a way that there's different parts of it that you never knew were there before. So, it's a cool game. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for everybody because it has a it's it's a slower burn. It is more of a game that um, focuses on you know, different things within the game, like pieces of notes or letters that you need to read in order to really get the full story of the game. Um, So if you're not really a fan of those types of games, then I would maybe skip out on this one. But if you do have it, I recommend picking it up. It's not super expensive either. So that's really good. Okay, what are we on? Number seven, I believe. Condemned Criminal Origins for Xbox 360. So... Condemned is actually a game I missed out on when it was originally on Xbox 360. I didn't get Condemned Criminal Origins until probably two years after I had my Xbox One. I, oh, I probably like two or three. I picked it up from a used games uh, store for really dirt cheap. Like I'm talking like four bucks or something. It was in like perfect condition, complete in box. I bought the game and it was just at the time when backwards compatibility came out. So I was able to play Criminal, uh, Condemned Criminal Origins on my Xbox One, which was really sweet. And yeah, what the game focuses on is using, um, so you're basically faced with enemies that, um, how do I explain this? So the game is played from the first person perspective perspective and it's not like a a first-person shooter there are guns in it but you have very small amounts of ammo so you're faced with um, basically you're trying to track down this this um, killer and you use like melee weapons in order to kill enemies because in the city there's it's basically all the enemies are like these drug addicts that are basically Crazy people, and so um, you can kill them with guns in like one shot. But guns are really rare, and ammunition is really rare. So you need to rely on using different melee objects to kill the enemies, and that m- makes it a bit more challenging, right? Especially when you come across a, a heavier enemy. So it's cool because you can use your gun as like a melee, like the the butt of the a pistol. You can hit enemies with as a gun. Um, it also, you know, it's called criminal origins. There is a crime scene aspect of it, uh, like kind of a crime scene investigation, where you basically have to use forensic tools to find evidence at a crime scene and uh, analyze certain crime scenes and stuff like that, which is really cool. But later in the game, it kind of starts taking a a, a turn, I guess. Um, yeah, you you basically are looking. Uh, you're in the serial crime unit, and you're you're trying to find uh, a serial killer. His name serial serial killer X, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. You can tell I'm a little foggy on this one because it's been a while since I've played it. But uh, yeah, you basically go through the game, finding different clues, going to different places. Like there's a school uh, section, there's a, a farm section, and. There is a lot of really big jump scares, so it's it's a game that is a really really well done game actually. And so if you have an Xbox One, go onto the Xbox store and get this game. It's probably pretty cheap right now. It's a it's a great game to have and play um, if you're looking for a jump scare type of game. Moving on, number what are we at six? Yeah, we're at six. Number six is Fear, also known. Has first encounter assault recon. So fear is a game. Uh, it's actually one of the old school horror games uh, on my list because this is probably one of the the first horror games that I really was freaked out to play. <laughs> so fear stands for first encounter assault recon, and I'm gonna just pull a bit of the synopsis uh, from the internet because I don't want to get this wrong because there's lots of details to it. So basically. You play as uh, a man named Paxton Fattel, taking command of of a battalion of telepathically controlled clone super soldiers, seizing control of Armacham Technology Corporation headquarters and killing all its occupants. Um, The player then takes control of Point Man, working for an organization known as FEAR. Um, attending a briefing held by Commissioner Rowdy in the... Oh, this is giving a synopsis, like, of the entire game. Basically, uh, you're you're on this Fear Recon team, and you have to deal with supernatural elements. Um, There's this little girl named Alma that is really creepy. She reminds me of the girl from The Ring or The Grudge or something like that. And so, yeah, there's basically parts of the game that are very combat focused very heavy and first-person shooter there's a cool mechanic in the game where you can actually slow down time uh, think of like matrix style so that that is really cool and that's half the game the other half of the game is dealing with those really weird supernatural elements and stuff so Fear is cool because I, I, I like that split between it, right? There was times in the game where it was very combat focused and I felt like I was just playing a first person shooter and then it could totally take a 180 and be a horror game with just like crazy, creepy stuff happening. So um, if you like a good mixture of things and it's a good game because it's not all horror. It's not like being shoving the horror down your throat where it can be overwhelming it gives you those opportunities to break away from the horror focus on combat and then reset yourself in preparation for the next creepy uh, scene that comes across the game so fear is a really really fun game um if you still uh, have your Xbox 360 or PS3 out, that's one way to play it. But obviously, the best option is if you have a PC, just get it on Windows and give it a playthrough. Um, I'm sure at this point, like all the other games I've mentioned, it's probably not super expensive. So that's really good. So that was number six. So let me, see. okay, so just to recap, we got Until Dawn at number 10. We got, I got to mark this down because I've changed my list as I've talked. I've, some have gone up, some have gone down. So Until Dawn, at number 10, number nine, we had Alan Wake. At number eight, we had Layers of Fear. At number seven, we had Condemned Criminal Origins. And at number six, we had Fear. So at number five is Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 is easily one of my favorite Silent Hill games in the whole franchise, if not the best Silent Hill, in my opinion. I'm currently playing through Silent Hill 2 right now because I got the Silent Hill collection that included Silent Hill 2 and 3 on Xbox 360. It's now backwards compatible. I love the backwards compatible. Yeah, I've mentioned it so many times in the story, uh, in the show, that clearly I'm a big fan of it. So I'm hoping PlayStation 5 brings brings some backwards compatibility so I can play my PS4 games on my PS5. So Silent Hill 2, the reason why I like Silent Hill 2 is, you know, for games at that time when you had those, it, it, it allowed you to have that free-roaming camera at certain moments where it's falling behind your character. But then you also have those isolated camera... Um, those scenes where basically the camera's fixed on one location and you have to control your character in that uh specific in that frame until the next frame comes up kind of like Resident Evil did back in the day and so i like that but i don't like just that so there is that other option and certain when you're getting into a, a more open area where you can actually follow your character so i really like that part about it but what i really like about silent hill is the the name really is in what makes it creepy? Um, the fact that it's so quiet in certain spots. Like you can be in a creepy hallway in an apartment building or a room in an apartment building and it's like dead silent. And all of a sudden you get your like radio transmitter and you start walking down the hallway and it, it goes off when enemies are nearby and then you have this these creepy disfigured creatures coming at you. Um, and so it does a really good job of having you know puzzles as well as, um, you know, combat and stuff. And it just really has a really creepy atmosphere to it. The fog while you're in Silent Hill really adds to the creepiness factor as well. Not being able to see what's coming up ahead really makes you uh, very... It makes the, the situation very tense and suspenseful. So Silent Hill 2 is easily... The best Silent Hill game, it's one of my favorite horror games, and that's why I'm putting it at number five. Um, Silent Hill and Resident Evil are some of the best horror game franchises out there. I would probably put Resident Evil ahead of Silent Hill, but Silent Hill is a close second. Um, The reason why it's not higher up on my list is just the fact that some of these other games that I'm about to list gave me bigger scares and made me more terrified than... Uh, silent hill does i just silent hill i put right at five because it is a really good game that i really enjoy okay so number four is the evil within um specifically well i guess you can even include the evil within two we'll we'll do a combo with that one so evil within two is or the evil within and the evil within two is a game that was created by a former creator of resident evil um he worked on Resident Evils 1, 2, and 3 before he parted ways with Capcom, and he created his own company, and it wasn't until this generation that we saw The Evil Within, one of the first games under Tango uh, Software, Tango Gameworks, something like that, that's the name of his development company, and... It's a really good game because it has that kind of like over-the-shoulder camera angle that, you know, Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 have. In which I really, I actually do like that camera angle. But what's cool about it is the fact that the, the enemies are just really, really creepy. Um, the The downside to Evil Within is it does a really good job, I think, in the, f- the opening hours, the first like five hours of the game. And then when you hit about the halfway point, the story gets really convoluted and they just start pushing elements of the game in ways that seem really forced. Um, But my focus on the evil within is the enemies, right? You have your basic kind of like zombie type enemies that come at you very slow and try to kill you. But then you have like your bosses and your mini bosses. And those are what make it really, really creepy. There's this guy that's like, I think he's either called box head or safe head because he has like a safe for a head. And he has this big like axe hammer that he can kill you with. Um, He can throw down these like bear traps. And he's wearing like a butcher's outfit. It's just so creepy. Um, There's also this other like girl uh, character, I can't remember her name, but she basically walks kind of like the grudge girl. She has like a creepy head that twists all around. And the only way to kill her is with fire. You can just load her up with gunshots, but you're not gonna kill her unless you use fire. So that's what what makes the game cool and same with the second one where the game shines i find is the the development of these enemy characters and stuff they are memorable in a way that i still remember all the enemies from evil within and evil within 2 and so i hope to see more uh evil within or maybe a new ip but still sticking in the horror genre from that same uh company there so Number four, Evil Within 1 and 2. Now, moving on to number three, Resident Evil 7. Biohazard. Can't forget the subtitle. Resident Evil 7 kind of brought the series back to its horror roots. It kind of started going into more of an action-focused game, um, you know, at 4, 5, and 6. And 1, 2, and 3 were... Major fans of the series, I'm talking I'm talking to you, Andrew, if you're listening to this, um, would tell you that uh, the first three games in the series are, are definitely the better games. Um, but that being said, 7 did something very interesting because it brought back the focus on horror and the, the scary elements of Resident Evil. But it also did it in a way that hadn't been done before and that's bringing it to first person. By the time Resident Evil Seven came out, compared to the first Resident Evil, first-person horror games had definitely. There's m- way more on the market. That's a very common genre of games now, and so Resident Evil wanted to to get in on that action. And what it does is it definitely increases the the scare factor in that game. Uh, you're up close and personal with everything that's. <coughs> excuse me. That's happening around you, and. Uh, Yeah, there's just so many enemies. I can't remember the names, but there's these black, like kind of slimy, like venom type kind of looking guys uh, that just scared the absolute crap out of me. They freaked me the F out. Like I remember the first one that popped up in front of me and I just screamed and ran and I did not want to go back into the room to have to deal with them. And so, yeah, basically uh, it's it's good because it also has those puzzle elements that you know, Resident Evil was known for, it brings back, uh, you know, finding different keys for different doors in the house, the settings really cool, I would say the downfall to that game is like the last like, two, two to three hours, um, where you're on like this, like ship, that's basically where it goes downhill for me, it lost a lot of its, uh, it, it, it lost kind of, it lost me because it just it was a different tone and it felt like a, almost a different game at that point. And so, yeah, it, it just kind of... It went into a, a weird direction that I wasn't necessarily a fan of. And so, yeah, Resident Evil is easily one of my favorite horror games in uh, of all time, putting it at number three. But it's also one of my favorite Resident Evil games in this franchise. So if you haven't played it, play it. I really want to play it in virtual reality. I know Coleman Dean has a a VR headset. I have the game, so Coleman will have to to party up and uh, I'll have to come over sometime and bring Resident Evil 7 so I can play it in VR. I honestly think I'll just have a heart attack right on the spot if I did that, but we'll see. Okay, number two, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. So I didn't play this game, it had been on PC for a number of years before it finally came to consoles, but I finally played it on PS4 a couple of years ago, and I have to say this game really did a good job at scaring me. Um, The suspense in it is, is just absolutely ridiculous because it deals with sanity, and so your sanity can affect what happens to you in the game. You can't stare at enemies in the game for too long or you'll start going crazy, right? So basically you're maneuvering around in this kind of castle and there's different enemies that pop up and you you literally cannot look at them because the longer you look at them, the crazier you'll go. Um, same with spending too much time in the dark. Uh, that's why they call it the Dark Descent. If you spend too much time in the dark, you'll start going crazy as well. So... The game's really, really cool. Uh, there's, I again, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's this level where the the floor is basically up to, I don't know, your waist of in water. And you have to climb on different boxes. You can't walk through the water because there's this invisible enemy that you can see moving through the water, right? Taking steps in the water, but you can't actually see them. And that was a moment in my gaming history that... I I will always remember because just the the suspense in that moment of not being able to see the enemy but you can see it's coming for you just freaked me out. It was like a new level of of horror at that point for me. So I I really like Amnesia and it's moments like that because they gave me that that stick with me in the long term and that's why it's so high up on my list. So uh, if you are looking for one of the best horror games of all time. Amnesia is definitely the one to go to. And then that leaves us with number one. Now, I'm not saying that this is necessarily the scariest game of all time, but I found it to be one of the scariest games of all time, and that's Outlast 1 and 2. Specifically, Outlast 2 is easily the scariest game I've ever played. So Outlast 1, I talked about on a previous show, you're in a kind of like an asylum and you're trying to figure out what what's going on with these patients and stuff. They've gone crazy. And in Outlast 2, you are play a different character and you're actually in, I believe it's Arizona, and you're exploring this like cult. And that one is just so effed up. Uh it deals with some flashbacks as well from when you were younger. And so both games, what What the main element of Outlast is, is you have no sort of weapons to defend yourself if there's an enemy. You actually have to hide in corners or run. You can can run and you can hide. Those are the two options, but you cannot fight. Um, You you have a camcorder because you're kind of like making a documentary. You're getting uh, film evidence, video evidence of what's happening in these two places. And you kind of use your video camera as an aid uh, for night vision when you're in the dark. It's the only way you'll be able to see is looking through your camera and using the night vision for it. Um, And so that adds an extra element too as well, right? Knowing that you're not gonna just blast through a open corridor that there could be enemies in it. You're gonna have to be more stealthy because you have literally nothing to defend yourself. Uh, there's some moments in the game where a couple enemies find you. Just have to run. Like you got to run as fast as you can in the game to to get away. So, it, it's really cool. Uh, lots of good cheap jump scares. Um, the second one is really dark. I found it much darker than the first one. Um, deals with some really gross. Uh, there's some really gross scenes in it. Um, but there's also some really creepy enemies uh, in both one in one outlast one there was a moment that i there was a jump scare or something that scared me so bad i jumped up from the couch and i actually almost pulled my hamstring in my right leg and then there was another moment in outlast two where was, megan was watching me and we were playing and we turned around and well basically what happened was this enemy was following us or popped up in front of us so i turned around and started running as i came around this other corner he was there like he had you know teleported to that other area and so it was like that initial jump scare of when he popped up in front of us and then that second jump scare that we were not expecting we thought like oh that's the jump scare i need to run and get away and when it hit us again it was like i couldn't handle it it's scary i think at that moment that is the only game that i've played where i'm like okay i think we're good i'm gonna take a break of this because this is too intense for me to handle so uh yeah outlast that's why it's on number one on my list is because it's given me the most scares it is they're really good games as well uh say what you will about them i really enjoy them if you're looking for really strong horror games look at outlast one and two i would play them in that order as well um i don't they're not directly tied to it but uh if you play outlast one you're familiar with certain things um mechanics that come up in outlast two So that is my top 10 list. I try to be as detailed as possible. I wanted to give synopsis of the games, but at the same time, I didn't want to give anything away. So if you're interested in knowing a bit more about these games, reach out to me and I can kind of give you guys some more insight as to what they're about. Um, If I'm looking at the list and I'm talking about games you need to play before you die, specifically horror games you need to play before you die, Silent Hill 2, Amnesia and Outlast would be um, the the three games that I say you absolutely need to play. Um, Other than that, the other ones are great too. Um, But obviously they made my top 10 list. But yeah, I got to put Outlast at the top because, because of those reasons that I had mentioned. So that's the list. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to know what your favorite horror games are. So maybe leave me a comment. Send me an email at gamesarefunpodcast@gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I just want to know what horror games you guys really like. I've played quite a few of them. When I look at top 20 horror game lists, I would say three quarters of them I've played already. But send me your horror games. i like to experience new games or get your guys' thoughts on that. And that's actually going to be the question uh, of the week this week. Um, so yeah, the question of the week is, what's your favorite... Did I ask that already? Maybe I asked that. You know what? What's the scariest moment you've ever experienced playing a horror game? Kind of like the ones I mentioned uh, in today's show. What was the scariest moment you've ever experienced in a video game, and what game was it? So that's this week's question. Uh, of course, you can send your responses to the email address, games or fun podcast at gmail.com or comment in the video and then let's go back to last week's question of the week I asked you guys what's your favorite video game boss and of course I can always rely on Coleman Dean to send me an email for the question of the week he's the reason why I do it each week so Coleman Dean writes in as far as my favorite boss in a video game I'm going to have to go with Bowser, specifically from Mario 64. Bowser has always been the classic boss, but I played Mario 64 when I was fairly young. So after playing through the levels facing off against Bowser was always nerve-wracking. That in combination with the slightly awkward analog placement of the Nintendo 64 controller made Bowser a challenging boss to beat. Cheers. Yeah, I agree. When I think of bosses, Bowser is like... What comes to mind actually, because he was like really the first video game boss to exist, and he's still a very big video game boss today. And so, I, I think you're you're absolutely right, Coleman, in saying that uh, Bowser is definitely one of the the best video game bosses out there. Anybody who isn't even playing games could recognize him as being a boss, um, and being a, a bad guy just looking at him. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Some of the bosses I wanted to give shouts out to is the Big Daddies in Bioshock. Had big fan a big fan of those guys. Um, Ganondorf slash Ganon from Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, who else could I mention? Let me look at my list here so that... I would say, like, some of the Colossi in Shadow of Colossus, specifically the last one, maybe the first one, because that was, like, your first, uh, you know, encounter with one of the Colossi. Um, I believe it's Colossi, right? Colossuses? (laughs) Colossi. Um, Yeah, really, because Shadow of Colossus is, basically, you're just beating boss over boss over boss. And so, yeah, I'd have to say that... uh, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of Scarecrow from Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, That was a really good boss level. What else? Yeah, I think those are the main ones that I wanted to point out. Um, Obviously, Bioshock I'm a huge fan of, and Big Daddies are kind of the, the creepiest, scariest part of that game because there's these big guys that are kind of creepy looking, and they'll kill you right and they're really hard to kill you got to have a lot of gun power in order to take those enemies down and then Ganon Ganondorf um Ocarina of Time favorite game of all time obviously I'm gonna appreciate the the boss on that I like it because it's two kind of levels within it you got to beat Ganondorf and then you got to beat Ganon at the end so Ganon's really easy um they're they're not different actually Ganondorf isn't hard either but they're they're not difficult bosses, but they're memorable in the sense that I still remember the first time I beat beat them. So yeah, and then Scarecrow is just a creepy character from the Batman series, um, and they did a really good job at making a boss fight for that character. So that's my response to last week's question of the week. Um, you guys got the what? The question of the week next week is, so thank you very much for joining me on another episode of Games Are Fun. I hope to, this has been a really busy week. This episode was rushed. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for it, but that's no excuse. I will come back next week with my initial thoughts and impressions on Red Dead Redemption 2. So I'm really excited to do that episode with you guys. And so without with that being said, thank you for joining me on Games Are Fun and we will talk to you next week.